chapters five and six of the third volume by fergus hume this librivox recording is in the public domain five a strange coincidence in spite of tate's methodical habits circumstances beyond his control often occurred to upset them on the previous day the unexpected arrival of claude had altered his plans for the day and after his return from the theatre on the same evening he had contrary to his rule passed the night in reading the invaluable dormer had procured a whim of fate from moody's and tate found it lying on the table in company with biscuits and wine excited by the performance he did not feel inclined to retire at his usual hour of midnight and while sipping his wine picked up the first volume to while away the time till he should feel sleepy alas this novel about which every one in london was talking proved anything but soporific and for the whole of the night tate sat in his comfortable chair devouring the three volumes the tale was one of mystery and until he learned the solution tate conventional and incurious as he was could not tear himself from the fascination of the printed page when the riddle was read when the criminal was hunted down when the bad were punished and the good rewarded the dawn was already breaking in the east in his german street hotel claude larcher was rising stiff and tired from the perusal of a tragedy in real life in his earl street chambers spencer tate was closing the third volume of john parver's work each had passed a wakeful night each had been fascinated by the account of a crime the one real the other fictional so does fate whose designs no one can presume to explain duplicate our lives for the gaining of her own ends rather disgusted by his departure from the conventional and heartily blaming the too ingenious john parver for having caused such departure tate tumbled hastily into bed in order to snatch a few hours sleep dormer ignorant of his master's vigil woke him remorselessly at his usual hour with the unexpected intelligence that mr larcher was waiting to see him in the sitting-room from the telegram of the previous night and this early visit tate rightly concluded that his friend was in trouble so without waiting to take his bath he hurriedly slipped on a dressing-gown and appeared sleepy and dishevelled in the sitting-room larcher who looked likewise dissipated arose to his feet as the little man entered and they eyed one another in astonishment for the appearance of each was totally at variance with his usual looks well said tate interrogatively i see you've been making a night of it i might say the same of you replied larcher grimly a more dissipated-looking wretch i never saw have you fallen into bad habits at your age that depends on what you call bad habits claude i have not been round the town if that is what you mean but seduced by the novel of a too ingenious author i have sat up all night devouring his three volumes such a thing has not occurred with me since i unfortunately tried to read myself to sleep with jane eyre charlotte bronte and john parper are both answerable for my white nights but you continued tate surveying his friend in a quizzical manner am i to understand that you are to understand that my night has been a duplicate of your own interrupted larcher curtly what have you been reading a whim of fate no my friend i have not while you were devouring fiction i have been making myself acquainted with a tragedy in real life larcher thereupon savagely threw on the breakfast-table a roll of papers and looked defiantly at his friend tone and expression failed to elicit surprise oh said tate reflectively then hilliston gave you bad news after all i guessed he had from your refusal to accompany me to the theatre last night you guessed rightly 
he gave me such news as i never expected to hear you will find it amply set forth in those papers i have been reading all night dear me i trust that is nothing serious has mrs bezel i don't know anything about mrs bezel said larcher loudly so far as she is concerned i am as much in the dark as ever but my parents what of them interrupted tate uttering the first thought which came into his mind are they alive after all no they are dead sure enough muttered claude gloomily in that case what can mr hilliston or mrs bezel have to say about them demanded the other looking puzzled no scandal about queen elizabeth i hope confound it man don't be so flippant i've had bad news i tell you my father here larcher gulped down his emotion with some difficulty my father was murdered murdered repeated tate looking aghast as well he might yes and my mother was accused of having murdered him there you have it it was some little time before tate could face the skeleton so unexpectedly produced from the larcher cupboard hitherto his acquaintance with crime had been mainly derived from fiction after the style of john parver or from the columns of the press but now he was brought face to face with a tragedy indirectly connected with his dearest friend and naturally enough did not like the situation nevertheless like the wise little man he was he made no comment on the truth so suddenly blurted out but pushed his friend into a comfortable chair and proposed breakfast breakfast cried claude clutching his hair i could not eat a morsel have you no feelings you little monster to propose breakfast to me after hearing such hideous news why don't you give me sympathy and try and help me instead of sitting at your confounded rasher of bacon like a graven image i'll do all in my power later on said tate quietly but you are upset by this news and no wonder try and eat a little then you can tell me all about it and i'll give you the best advice in my power thus adjured claude drew in his chair and managed to eat a morsel of toast and drink a cup of coffee after which he lighted his pipe and smoked furiously while tate anxious that his friend should regain his self-control made a lengthened meal and talked of diverse matters breakfast over he also filled his favourite pipe and drawing a chair close to that of larcher's waited for an explanation well claude said he after a pause during which the other showed no disposition to speak tell me your trouble i have told you grumbled larcher angrily if you want to know any more about it read those papers it would take too long and as it happens i am already tired with reading tell me about the affair as shortly as possible and then we can go through the papers together you say your father was murdered who committed the crime no one knows the criminal is still at large after five-and-twenty years he is likely to remain so no cried larcher vehemently striking the table i'll hunt him down and find him out and put a rope round his neck so help me god you say your mother was accused of the crime said tate ignoring this outburst yes but she was acquitted on the evidence of my father's valet shortly afterward she died in london i don't wonder at it said poor claude distractedly the shame the disgrace if she survived she was bitterly punished i should like to see the man who would dare to asperse her memory no one will do so said tate soothingly control yourself my dear fellow and we will look into this matter together 
i have just been reading about a crime but i did not think i would be so soon concerned in dealing with one you will help me tate you will stand by me my dear friend can you ask i am completely at your service and together we will do all in our power to discover the murderer of your father and clear the memory of your mother it is clear she was acquitted by the jury don't you dare to i don't dare to say anything interrupted tate impatiently do be reasonable my good fellow so long as i am ignorant i can say nothing tell me the particulars and we may arrive at some conclusion now then give me a precis of the case dominated by the superior calm of his friend claude related the larcher affair as succinctly as possible the details of the case had impressed themselves too strongly on his brain for him to hesitate in the narration and keeping his emotions well in hand he managed to give a fairly minute account of the tragedy which had taken place at horriston in the year eighteen sixty six the effect on tate was surprising a look of blank astonishment overspread his face as larcher proceeded with his story and when it was finished he looked anxiously at his friend apart from the details of the case he was deeply interested in the matter from another point of view larcher waited to hear what his friend thought of the case but instead of commenting thereon tate both acted and spoke in an apparently irrelevant manner without a word he heard claude to the end and then rose from his seat and walking to the other end of the room returned with three volumes bound in red cloth this book is called a whim of fate said he placing the volumes at larcher's elbow have you read it confound it what do you mean burst out claude with justifiable wrath i tell you of a serious matter which nearly concerns myself and you prattle about the last fashionable novel wait a minute said tate laying a detaining hand on his friend's coat-sleeve there is more method in my madness than you give me credit for what do you mean the story you tell me is most extraordinary but the information i am about to impart to you is more extraordinary still you say this crime at horriston was committed five-and-twenty years ago yes you can see by the date of those newspapers it has very likely faded out of all memories of course i don't suppose any one is now alive who gives it a thought well said tate it is certainly curious what is curious explain yourself the story you tell me now was known to me last night larcher looked at his friend in unconcealed surprise and promptly contradicted what seemed to be a foolish assertion that is impossible tate i heard it only last night myself nevertheless i read it last night read it last night repeated larcher sceptically in this book said tate laying his hand on the novel what do you mean demanded the other impatiently i mean that john parver the author of this book has utilized the events which took place at horriston in eighteen sixty six for the purpose of writing a work of fiction the story you tell me is told in these pages and your family tragedy is the talk of literary london six truth is stranger than fiction this astonishing statement was received by claude with a disbelieving smile and so convinced was he of its untruth that he affected anger at what he really believed to be the flippancy of tate's conduct it is no doubt very amusing for you to ridicule my story said he with cold dignity but it is hardly the act of a friend 
some matters are too serious to form the subject of a jest and this i am not jesting interrupted tate eagerly i assure you that the tragedy which concerned your parents forms the subject matter of this novel you can read the book yourself and so be convinced that i am speaking the truth the names and places are no doubt fictional but the whole story is narrated plainly enough larcher turned over the three volumes with a puzzled expression that a story with which he had only become acquainted within the last twenty-four hours should be printed in a book and that the book itself should be brought so speedily under his notice seemed to him quite inexplicable the strangeness of the occurrence paralyzed his will and contrary to his usual self-dependence he looked to tate for guidance what do you think of it he asked irresolutely ah that requires some consideration my friend but before we go into the matter let us understand our position toward each other you believe this story of your father's death certainly mr hilliston would not tell me an untruth and moreover this bundle of extracts from provincial newspapers confirms his statement i truly believe that my father george larcher was murdered at horriston in eighteen sixty six by and there you have me i know not by whom my own opinion is that jerringham is one moment claude let us settle all preliminaries are you resolved to take up this matter i am i must clear the memory of my mother and avenge the death of my father would it not be better to let sleeping dogs lie suggested tate with some hesitation i do not think so replied claude quietly i am not a sentimental man as you know and my nature is of too practical a kind to busy itself with weaving ropes of sand yet in this instance i feel that it is my duty to hunt down and punish the coward who killed my father when i find him and punish him this ghost of sixty-six will be laid aside otherwise it will continue to haunt and torture me all my life but your business i shall lay aside my business till this matter is settled to my satisfaction as you know i have a private income and am not compelled to work for my daily bread moreover the last four years have brought me in plenty of money so that i can afford to indulge my fancy and my fancy added claude in a grim tone is to dedicate the rest of my life to discovering the truth do you not approve of my decision yes and no said tate evasively i think your hunt for an undescribed criminal whose crime dates back twenty-five years is rather a waste of time all clues must have disappeared it seems hopeless for you to think of solving the mystery and if you do continued the little man earnestly if you do what possible pleasure can you derive from such a solution your father is a mere name to you so filial love can have nothing to do with the matter moreover the criminal may be dead he may be you have a thousand and one objections said larcher impatiently none of which have any weight with me i am in the hands of fate a factor has entered into my life which has changed my future knowing what i know now i cannot rest until i learn the truth do you know the story of mozart he added abruptly i know several stories of mozart but this special one i may not know it is told either of mozart or mendelssohn i forget which pursued larcher half to himself when mozart let us say mozart was ill in bed one of his friends struck a discord on the piano which required what is technically known as a resolution for its completion 
the omission so tortured the sensitive ear of the musician that when his friend departed he rose from his bed and completed the discord in accordance with musical theory till that was done he could not rest and the point of your parable can you not see this incomplete case of murder is my discord i must complete it by discovering the criminal and so round off the case or submit to be tortured by its hinted mystery all my life it is not filial love it is not sentiment it is not even curiosity it is simply a desire to complete a matter hitherto left undone till i know the sequel to the horriston tragedy i shall feel in a state of suspense and suspense added claude emphatically is torture to men of my temperament your reason is a trifle whimsical said tate smiling at the application of this musical theory to the present instance but i can understand your feelings indeed i feel the same way myself you why not in reading a whim of fate i could not go to rest without knowing the end and i feel a like curiosity toward this tragedy of real life i shall not be content till i learn the truth my feelings are precisely the same as your own therefore pursued tate with emphasis i propose to assist you in your search we will discuss the matter calmly and see what is best to be done in spite of the lapse of five-and-twenty years who knows but what we may lay hands on the murderer of your father who is now no doubt living in fancied security unless he is dead who is making the objections now said tate smiling well claude will you accept me as your brother detective in this matter willingly and i thank you for this proof of your friendship i'm afraid there is an element of selfishness mixed up in my offer said tate shrugging his shoulders it is not every day that one can find an interesting case like this to dissect excitement is the joy of life and i rather think we will be able to extract a great deal from this investigation come we now understand one another larcher grasped the hand held out to him and gratefully accepted the aid thus offered from that moment the two dedicated themselves to hunt down the criminal at whose hands george larcher had met his death it was as strange a compact as had ever been made halting nemesis who had rested all these years once more resumed her stealthy progress and before her ran these two young men as ministers of her long-delayed revenge this junction of unforeseen circumstances savoured of the dramatic the first thing to be done said tate when the compact was thus concluded is to read both cases both cases repeated claude curiously yes you remember how browning gives half a dozen aspects of the same case in his ring and the book in a minor degree we benefit in the same manner there said tate pointing to the roll of the newspapers is the case from the real point of view and here in these three volumes we will find the same case as considered in a fictional fashion by the novelist by reading both we may come to some conclusion whence to start in our talk last night you read the newspapers i the novel to-day we will reverse the process i will view the affair as set forth by the provincial press and you will devour the three volumes of john parver as i did last night and afterward eh who can say replied tate shrugging his shoulders several sojourns in paris had left their trace in gallic gestures and possibly in gallic flippancy we must know what foundation we have before we build claude nodded 
he was of the same way of thinking himself and commented on his friend's speech after his own fashion yes said he a trifle vindictively we must build our gallows stanch and strong you can proceed with your toilet and afterward we will read novels and newspapers as you suggest the result of our reading must appear in our actions i rather think he added slowly that the result will be a visit to mr hilliston without doubt he was an eye-witness and it is always preferable to obtain evidence first-hand then said claude reflectively there is mrs bezel quite so the enterprising lady who started the whole thing was she also an eye-witness i can't say her name does not appear in the newspapers huh muttered tate scratching his chin nor in those three volumes can i find a character likely to develop into mrs bezel of hampstead i wonder who she can be said claude curiously or what she can have to do with the case that we must find out depend upon it there is more in this case than in newspapers or novel we must find out all about mrs bezel and said tate with emphasis we must learn all that is to be learned concerning john parver who is john parver who was the man in the iron mask replied tate in a bantering tone i cannot say but whomsoever he may be he knows all about this case there is that possibility certainly assented the other smoothly but i think it hardly likely a man of to-day would not readily come across the account of a tragedy occurring in a little-known town twenty-five years ago do you know he added after a pause that it occurs to me that the publication of this book containing an account of the case may have been the cause which incited mrs bezel to write the letter i thought so myself mrs bezel may think that john parver is a nom de plume assumed by claude larcher or another alternative mrs bezel may be john parver herself it is the fashion nowadays for women to write under the names of men there was a few minutes silence during which each man was intent on his own thoughts tate whose brain turned quicker than that of larcher was the first to break the silence well said he moving briskly toward his bedroom door before we can say or do anything we must learn the facts of the case as he vanished into his room claude laid his hand on the first of the three volumes End of chapters five and six